You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Bollier. Building strong, resilient, and equitable communities across the globe is the mission of United Way, one of the world's largest privately funded charities. The 136-year-old organization serves 37 countries and territories, tackling the toughest challenges to make life better for 48 million people every year. In Canada, United Way British Columbia, a family of six United Ways spanning the province, helps address critical social issues in the communities it serves, including poverty, mental health, and food security. And through its Social Purpose Institute, United Way BC is helping companies contribute to a better world and unleash their full potential. As the Institute acknowledges, social purpose is good for business and good for society. For more than 19 years, Mike McKnight has led United Way BC as president and CEO. The unified organization serves over 4 million British Columbians and utilizes an extensive network of volunteers, partners, donors, and supporting agencies to deliver resources and support to the people who need it most. Mike joins me to talk about the growth of United Way BC, the importance of having a stated social purpose, how its Social Purpose Institute contributes to the greater good, and more. Mike, it is such a pleasure to welcome you to the podcast. Uh, Thanks. Thrilled to be here, Ken. Mike, I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about the great work of United Way BC, its areas of focus, and how the organization has evolved in the time that you've been with it. Yeah, I think we've uh, here at United Way BC, we've evolved quite a bit out of necessity, uh, to be honest. And most Mm -hmm. people know United Way as, you know, kind of that organization that shows up in their workplace once a year, raises money and then distributes to organizations. But our United Way has kind of gone beyond that and has identified gaps in service in many different areas that we believe United Way can actually uh, show up and deliver uh, much needed programs. One of the biggest ones recently and not surprisingly, is around food security, where inflation, high cost of living uh, has impacted, you know, people that we hadn't seen, whether it's working families, students uh, who had previously gotten by are now showing up at food banks. So we've identified a number of different areas that we can show up, provide food um, in uh, many different ways that suit the, the requirements of vulnerable people. Uh, We run the biggest uh, home support program for seniors in the province, recognizing that uh, aging in place, reducing socialization, social isolation is is a path to better physical and mental health for our seniors. Uh, Emergency response, um, you know, climate change has created uh, impacts in all parts of the world, but British Columbia in particular, the last few years have seen extensive wildfires and unprecedented floods, and United Way has been able to show up on the front lines in community, giving people the things that they need when they need it. So it's a it's a kind of an evolution of our history from funder to deliverer of programs in, in many different ways. So you've mentioned a lot of the challenges that the world faces right now. I'd like to talk a little bit about, or if you could speak a little bit about some of the challenges that your organization is facing in meeting its mission. Uh, and it's giving goals as well. Yeah, I think there's a couple of different things that are, you know, unique to uh, United Way. And certainly, well, I'd say maybe unique to charities over the last number of years, uh, more specifically. But, you know, most charities, you know, should be in the business of uh, getting out of business, you know, solving things uh, and uh, dissolving. But 
you know, most charities, ours included, have been locked in a cycle of responding to urgent need as opposed to getting upstream um, and trying to get at the root causes of the issues that we respond to on a daily basis. I think being able to get upstream, uh, change policies and practices and systems is probably one of the hardest things to do and prevents us from reaching our, our vision and mission. Uh, and we'd really like to figure out um, new and innovative ways to, to get upstream, solve or prevent issues from happening before we're all having to respond to poverty and you know homelessness and things, addictions. Um, so pre prevent, providing those solutions uh, to root causes is, is one of the most challenging things we do. One of the other ones that I think has happened most recently is that um, you know we find ourselves in competition with the private sector. Uh, in, in delivering things that used to be specific to charities. And I use, you know, the easiest example is GoFundMe. It's a technology company. It's a it's a giving platform, but it's probably, and I don't have any specific stats, but my guess is it's probably taken 20, 25% of the world's philanthropy. And we never used to have to compete with the private sector for the things that were charitable. And I think, you know, as we'll talk about uh, today, um, there is a convergence of uh, the private sector and, chari and the charitable organizations that, if done well, I think could benefit society uh, in general. So that's a, that's a nice segue, Mike, into my next question, which is in the U.S., and this is based on the Edelman Trust Barometer, business is seen as more ethical and confident than government and NGOs when it comes to driving societal and political change. So my question to you is, are not-for-profit organizations in Canada viewed differently in terms of their role and impact? Look, I think we would all agree that trust is probably one of the biggest hurdles we all face uh, in, in the last number of years. You know, I would guess primarily due to you know, the rise of social media, uh, misinformation, conspiracy theories that make, you know, any organization hard uh, for the average person to know, understand and, and get to a level of trust. That said, thankfully, Edelman has shown in Canada that not-for-profits actually are some of the most trusted organizations, not by a lot over the rest, over private sector and government and media, but we still are uh, at the top of the list. That said, the last one that I saw was about 55% trust level. Still nowhere near what we need to be to be, need to have to be effective in our working communities. But, you know, that said, we're all dealing in a global digital world these days. So figuring out ways to uh, re-engage people in a meaningful way will, I think, help not-for-profits or charitable organizations rebuild the trust that's so critical to uh, our success. Do, do you have a, a rationale for why nonprofits are seen as more ethical and competent than here in the United States? Uh, no, because I'm not sure we do things any differently or, or differently enough up here you know, to really be a reason that trust levels might be higher. I think, you know, political climates are somewhat different north and south of the border, and that may contribute to the distrust overall sure. uh, that, uh, you know, Americans might be experiencing more so than we have here in Canada. But the trends are the same. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, until we all, you know, commit to being part of one community again, political, geographical, whatever it might be, you know, we're all going to struggle with the issue of trust, unfortunately, for all of us. Mike, uh, United Way BC believes strongly that having a social purpose is, is important uh, for businesses today. How does the Institute define social purpose and why is it critical to driving business growth? Yeah, well, social purpose, you know, of course, 
And according to the, all the work that's out there is where uh, companies define their reason for being in social terms and place it at the core of their operations. So it becomes the engine that powers the business and contributes to a better world. And there's so much evidence out there now that shows that, you know, customers or clients of business respond to a, a social purpose. Employees are more engaged and retention is higher in a social purpose and increasing evidence that profits uh, and the success of the business is defined by the ability to uh, demonstrate a, a positive reason for being. And I was talking to somebody the other day about uh, trends in philanthropy and how those trends have impacted younger donors. And the person said to me, who's a, you know, kind of an expert in the field, said, well, you know, younger people in their 20s, maybe early 30s, don't necessarily donate. They actually do good through their purchasing power. So when they uh, uh, you know are looking for services or products, they turn to a company that uh, does good, and they see that as a fulfillment of their ability to create a better world. More so than our generation, uh, you know, baby boomers might have done by writing the check. Um, so it's a you know it's a change in philanthropy that we all have to to get our heads around. And, you know, it, it just you know if you look at um, BlackRock or any of the other leaders in this area. Uh, it is being defined as a, you know, an essential part of business uh, going forward. So at United Way, um, our vision and mission is a healthy, caring and inclusive community. And historically, we've done that in one way, which is to raise money and support the delivery of social services. That, you know, history has shown that hasn't moved the needle to creating a solution. So if we look around and, and look at the other levers that United Way can pull to help achieve that vision of a healthy, caring, and inclusive community, the business community clearly is one of the biggest levers. You know, they are both a contributor and maybe a barrier to equity. Uh, they are a contributor or a barrier to many of the social ills. So if we can empower and you know get commitments from the business community to contribute to the creation of a healthy, more healthy, caring, and inclusive community, we actually are, are uh, engaging a very powerful actor in creating a better place for all of us to live, work, and play. Mike, are you seeing a sea change in the way brands are becoming more purposeful up in Canada? I think so. You know, I, I, maybe Ken, I'll, I'll put it this way. The level of dialect or conversation around it has grown exponentially. Has the actual adoption of it grown in the same way? Probably not, but that's the way every social change happens. You know, it starts with conversation. It starts with research. It starts with debate. That said, there certainly is a growing body of evidence, I believe, that while purpose has, is up to this point a... Um, a competitive advantage for companies. I don't think it's going to be long into the future where that competitive advantage disappears and it becomes more table stakes. A company has to have it just to keep up with its competitors, better or less put it ahead. So I think that the sea change is coming from the demand uh, that consumers are placing on businesses, uh, that employees are placing on businesses probably faster than businesses that are adopting it themselves. But those leading ed edge businesses are increasingly showing that their success um, uh, will drive the sea change itself. Do you believe that a not-for-profit organization is inherently a social purpose organization, or does it really depend on the focus area of that particular nonprofit? Well, at least here in Canada, there's a difference between a not-for-profit and a charity. So not-for-profits can, you know, 
cover a, law, a wide range of organizations, including industry associations who are not profits by gen. And do I believe that they're purpose-driven? Not necessarily. But if you go to a specifically narrower group of charities, absolutely, because in Canada, you have to prove your purpose uh, in order to be registered as a as a charity in Canada and be able to give out one of the biggest advantages is a, a tax receipt for, for donations. Charities, I think, only exist for that reason and can bring a lot of knowledge, experience, credibility when partnering with uh, private sector companies and delivering on, defining and delivering on a purpose that the, that business might define for itself. Hey there, Beyond Profit listener. The ANA Educational Foundation, or AEF for short, helps marketers and advertisers build their talent pipelines with top diverse candidates while preparing students for careers in marketing. Through initiatives like the MADE Internship Program, the Campus Speakers Program, and one-to-one mentoring, the AEF is building a better, more purposeful future for our industry. For more information, visit AEF.com. And now, back to our show. I am speaking today with Mike McKnight, President and CEO of United Way British Columbia. Mike, the Social Purpose Institute plays a big role within the business innovation space. Can you just talk about why that's important, how it aligns with building resilient communities? Well, you know, as I mentioned already, for for first point is healthy, caring, inclusive community is a, a difficult vision to achieve incorporating the private sector and the delivery of that, I think, is is paramount uh, to being successful. But uh, beyond that, I think United Way in particular has a long history of working with the private sector uh, in partnering to increase the equity and, and well-being of communities across our, our uh, continent and around the world. We can use that history and that relationship to uh, maybe better engage companies in understanding the value of social purpose in their business. We can take our experience, long experience in working on social issues in the community and help companies translate that into how they might be able to actually bridge the gap between profit and uh, purpose. And you know, it also gives United Way, it's an opportunity in terms of innovation to change the, the value proposition of United Way, what we can bring uh, to, to the community. So you know, instead of it just being solely focused on fundraising and uh, making grants to social service organizations, uh, the Social Purpose Institute has helped us redefine the value proposition that we can bring to companies in our community. Um, not only can we help them engage their employees in uh, philanthropy, but we can actually help them be successful in their business through the long experience we have in working with communities and the trust, coming back to trust again, the trust that they may have in working with us for decades in many cases. Is your focus on innovation, you know, distinguishing from other nonprofits? Um, we might be farther along in that innovative space than many, but I certainly believe that for charities to be sustainable into the future, Innovation is a, a key core competency that we're all going to need to develop. Gone are the days where, you know, as we talked about earlier, people are just going to write a check to a charity. We need to look for innovative ways to address our mission and vision and innovative ways to develop the resources required 
to deliver on that uh, vision and mission. And part of, of that, and we've, you know, long history, you know, many of us know that hospitals, you know, for example, will run parking lots or gift shops as a way of augmenting their, their revenue. Um, and there's lots of examples of that over the years, but I think most, if not all charities will need to have that innovative entrepreneurial mindset in order to be sustainable enough to deliver on their vision and mission into the future. Mike, can you talk a bit more about how the Social Purpose Institute helps business strengthen their focus on making a difference to people on the planet? Well, so we've got a lot of evidence and experience working with companies who, when they look at their business model, certainly can identify areas that they can create positive value for the communities in which they do business. So whether it's uh, workplace practices, whether it's supply chain, whether it's environmental practices uh, or social issues like being, you know, a living wage employer, for example, you know, they've identified ways that they can make a positive contribution that they may not have been aware of in the past without going through that conscious process of defining their purpose, understand how they can live that purpose and incorporate it in every part of their business. So it may not have been a, you know, a conscious or an intentional negative impact in the community, but they just weren't aware of it uh, until they go through the process of doing that. So um, by doing that, we know from, again, a growing body of evidence that uh, having that positive impact on the world greatly enhances their ability to attract talent and retain that talent. And, you know, as a differentiator, when their customers are making a decision about a product or service, we'll put them at the forefront of that decision-making process. And at the end of the day, so much evidence has shown, and you know, it's easy to find out there, so much evidence has shown that social purpose-driven uh, companies are uh, more successful, their brand uh, value increases uh, much more significantly than, than a non-social social purpose-driven business, uh, that their ability to innovate is higher, their ability to sustain um, downturns in the economy is much better. You know, it, it creates a North Star for everybody involved in the company to not just be profitable, but to actually uh, be sustainable in uh, difficult times like we're facing now. So for the skeptics out there, those who still are not on board with uh, having a social purpose, do you point to the data that you just mentioned? Yeah, we do. But I will say, Ken, you know, it's not going to take the United Way and our Social Purpose Institute to convince those skeptics. It's going to take their challenges to attract and retain employees, their challenges in maintaining uh, market share. You know, there's enough companies out there who want support to understand and define their purpose and live it, uh, that we don't have to worry about the skeptics so much. The skeptics will come on their own. Uh, There's a, you know, a big enough and growing quickly body of companies who want to do this that I think, you know, the skeptics will either come or they will fail at the end of the day. I think we're probably most focused on those companies who are keen um, who are, you know, I, I was going to say early adopters, but I don't think they're even early adopters at this point. Uh, they're just recognizing that this will become table, table stakes in the not too distant future. You know, the critics can, can argue against this, but I think their employees and their customers are going to argue on our behalf. Mike, lastly, um, in terms of the Social Purpose Institute, 
How has the evolution of it changed your conversation with other stakeholders, such as government and donors and the communities that your United Way serves? Yeah, you know, I think we saw it probably most uh, vividly uh, over the last couple of years when COVID hit, when wildfires ravaged our province, when we had, you know, historic floods. Responding to those emergencies required every stakeholder to be part of it. Uh, as we look to rebuild communities, every stakeholder has to be a participant. Private sector, government, not-for-profit, individual citizens. The only way we can face the challenges that are coming our way is to have a, you know, a redefinition of what community is almost. Um, you know, we've seen a decline in volunteerism over the last number of years. We need people to re-engage in their community. We need, and we've seen a trend, consumer trend for hyper-local hyper businesses. You know, the popularity of the, you know, the local barbershop has, you know, re-emerged, right? Or the microbrewery or all of those things. You know, I think it's a redefinition of what people see as valuable. And all of our stakeholders responded during those times of need to the little pizzeria in a community who are sending pizzas out to frontline responders or, you know, to families who have been displaced, you know, they saw a new reason for being than just responding to orders coming in. They could be part of a bigger collaboration or partnership that defines our community. So yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's not just a feel good thing anymore. I think it's a, a necessity to sustaining the headwinds caused by environment and social unrest you know, that every community is going to need to invest in and build in. And that includes the private sector, government, not-for-profits, and just people in general. And that commitment we make to, to ourselves has to come from every stakeholder in our, in our community. What do you feel we need to do to inspire more leaders to adopt a social purpose? You know, I'm talking about getting buy-in from the C-suite, yeah. the leaders of organizations, and have it, you know, filter down throughout the organization. Well, I think research results are key. So, you know, I, I pulled a couple up just uh, at random. So here, I'm just gonna, and you know, I can send you all of the, uh, the sources of this, but I'm just gonna read you a couple of uh, pieces of evidence that are widely available and come from reputable sources. So brands with high sense of purpose have experienced a brand valuation increase of 175% over the past 12 years compared to the median growth rate of 86%. Purpose-driven companies report 30% higher levels of innovation and 40% higher levels of workforce retention through their competitors. And that comes from Deloitte. 73% of investors state that efforts to improve the environment and society contribute to their investment decisions. 58% of companies with clearly articulated and understood purpose experience a growth of 10% plus in the last three years. 73% of business leaders say that having a well-integrated purpose will help their company navigate disruption. Companies who both define and act with a sense of purpose outperform the financial market by 42%. 73% say to win their support, companies must show how they are supporting communities and their environment. And 90% of employees who work at companies with a strong sense of purpose say they're more inspired, motivated, or loyal. You know, how do you argue against that? Um, and, you know, it's not going to take a, a Mike McKnight or a United Way to convince people. But results like that that are clearly available uh, to the general public, if that doesn't make a compelling argument, I'm not sure what will. 
What a great way to end. Thank you for sharing those statistics. I appreciate it. Mike McKnight, thank you again for joining me on Beyond Profit. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Ken. To learn more about the United Way Social Purpose Institute, please visit socialpurpose.ca. That's socialpurpose.ca. And if you would like to recommend a speaker or a topic for this podcast, please email me at brandpurpose at ANA.net. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.